At this point, you should be on the frame with a film strip title that says Oral Hygiene. Welcome to Oral Hygiene. It's the podcast where we talk about educational films, experimental caught films, and interesting documentaries. This is Matt here. Andrew Shear is here. Hello. What's up, everybody? Let's go to the movies. You know, I still haven't been back to the movies here in uh, the June of 2021, but that's just because there's nothing to see. They must not have um, uh, Meet the Blacks Part 2 where you live is what do they anim- have well, is that animated uh, no it's a live action horror comedy oh okay i uh, sorry i just uh, i asked because in japan like we can never go see the animated films because they'll be in japanese only like dubbed oh really no yeah, so, uh, we, wow so i haven't even seen a like pixar movie in the, yeah yeah especially the disney ones so i haven't seen like a pixar movie or something in, in the theater for years <laughs> that sucks man well <laughs> i I'm could go see, i get him i could see him in japanese um because yeah luke was talking about how um you know he, he was he wanted to get the blu-ray of spider-verse watch it in english and then go see it in a theater where it would only be in japanese right so but it didn't work out that way so i could see that <laughs> yeah that's you know i've i have been um I've been to, uh, you know, one of the early ones where it was like so they had separated the seating so much that um, you couldn't really it was like being there by yourself, basically. And uh, that was weird. I had gone to see um, the Saw movie with Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, Spiral Saw. Ooh, that'll cut you interestingly up. Well, cut you up. Interestingly. It, was, it was weirder being in the theater again than anything that was in the movie like i was more freaked out breathing the air of strangers in, in a small <laughs> enclosed space than i was of the gory death in the movie so um but i've since then been to um yeah a couple of public screenings with a full crowd and it was fine um but i've also been to the drive-in a lot right right i understand those are coming back with with um screens flying around and things in the wind. yeah yeah <laughs> But it is, it's a good way to kind of ease back. Um, but it's, ne- it's never not going to be weird. I think now I'm going to be a lot more choosy of what I go to, at least until there's vaccines for kids. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, under- I'm sitting here checking to see what I could actually um, like watch at the theater at the moment. Oh, there we go. There we go. Video. Anyway, while I'm doing that, how's about um, giving this is 1949's Let's Go to the Movies. So can you tell folks what this is? Yeah, this is cool. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, this is a uh, about a, I guess, a 10 minute documentary about um, the uh, the origins of cinema and the golden, like the early years of Hollywood film production. And there were things in here and I've read a lot of movies, a lot of books, seen a lot of documentaries about this time period. And I don't think I, this is the first time I ever saw what uh, how cellulose was made. 
and how film stock um, was actually made. So um, I thought this was going to kind of be funny and corny and it is, you know, uh, you definitely get to see cinema's racist past. Even <laughs> yeah, with- I was about to say that stood out to me a bit, but <laughs> yeah, in nineteen forty, yeah, oh yeah, there's footage of Al Jolson, the jazz singer. You got, of course, Birth of a Nation, but it's um, it it was um, yeah, there were parts in it that I I think were really really educational and stuff that I, yeah I, that's kind of made it stand out. And I don't I don't think in nineteen forty nine they realized just how racist that stuff was. I don't think they could have. <laughs> They probably maybe were happy with how racist it was. Like, I don't know. But um, yeah, so it was kind of like it was educational, but yet also kind of a chuckle for me because I have read more than once uh, Kenneth Anger's Hollywood Babylon books. So there's the there's this version which kids could see, you know, it's like, hey, kids, here's how movies are made. But then there's, of course, the the terrible dark side to the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah, which we'll get into that a bit too. Sorry, finally, here here's the options at a, a Japanese theater right now. If I were okay. to go to a movie today, although I guess I'll go to work instead. But uh, <laughs> the fable: a hitman who doesn't kill. Hinamaru's soul: the heroes behind the scenes. Roruni Kenshin: the beginning. Guessing that's anime. A Quiet Place Part Two. Oh, they have a part two. I didn't see the first one. Mortal. That, okay. I guess that new Mortal Kombat. A character. Yeah. What? I, I, what is? I know what character is, don't I? Maybe not. I've... I guess that is a Japanese movie. Okay, Evangelion, most recent animated. Of course, you'd be watching that in full on Japanese, right? Roroni yeah. Kenshin again. Uh, Detective Conan: The Scarlet Bullet. Do you know Detective Conan? I don't. I would be happy to check it out though. Okay, I'll have to send you an Ampamon for one of these soon. Um, and then just yeah. a bunch of uh, kanji I can't read. Yeah, okay. so th- there's nothing here that, like, yeah. We haven't been going to the movies. Hmm. There's, there's nothing to see in particular. <laughs> is that right? I wouldn't have... Uh, well, um, yeah, Quiet Places... I don't know about part two, but one was definitely... I laughed through the whole thing. I mean, it was... <laughs> you know, Do you know the conceit of The Quiet Place? No, I didn't watch it. You can tell it's, me if it's, you want um, it, it's it's a it's a kind of a it's it's like a dystopian movie where um, Earth has been taken over by these creatures that uh, will murder you if you make any noise at all. So it's about how the society has adapted to um, being a quiet place, as quiet as you can. And all I kept thinking through that the whole movie, anytime there's an intense scene where someone's trying not to make noise, farting. Yep, exactly. They're, they're, I was making, a good one for a fart cut. Yeah, yeah. I was making a, an in living color parody of it in my head as it was going you know oh uh, i'm sorry i'm just starting to actually look at my notes my first one is not this film's fault but uh that youtube made me watch a video of jane goodall faking an orgasm to start this film (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she was she was um doing a a, a orangutan or something right but oh i'm sure she just on the the camera going whoa I'm like, why do I have to see this? You know, five well, seconds. Well, you never know. It could have been an Activia yogurt commercial. Yeah. I, I didn't know. And then just with the movie itself, I, I was not aware that uh, Oscars in the 40s were that large. If your Oscar isn't, sure. like, if your Oscar isn't full on, you know, four people on top of each other's statue size, you didn't really win one. No, no. The um, As a matter of fact, they had to make a rule for the very first Oscars um, that no dogs or animals be allowed to get one because if if that had been the case uh, Rin Tin Tin would have won best actor on the very first Oscar he was the most like popular and bankable movie star at the time the Oscars began 
that, I'm disappointed they didn't do that. And then it'd be funny if, like every year it just went to like animals and when are people gonna win? <laughs> I know. Oh god, that would be the best. I'd probably actually watch it. I haven't watched it in well over a decade. <laughs> um let's see what else we got. Oh yeah, I, I put ah, motion pictures are just for laundering drug money, which actually <laughs> is not completely off from the truth. <laughs> oh no, they have a long history of that actually. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, didn't, much so. didn't the mob get Hollywood rolling originally? Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, that's why I say if anyone's interested in in getting the flip side, I'm surprised no one at this point, while Kenneth Anger is still alive, produced a Hollywood Babylon series. You know, I guess because Hollywood is just as rotten as it always was. But um, the, yeah, fascinating, terrifying, awful stories out of that. But it's, you know, everything from how it began uh, to, and underhanded dealings and, and yeah, mob stuff, things like that. Uh, you know, all the way to like, um, you know, the, the horrible things that happened to women. Um, you can, you can Google them if you really want to know this stuff. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know some of that stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then when they start showing us the history of, of cinema, they go as racist as possible. It's like, you know, one of the first major pictures, birth of a nation. They could at least go for like intolerance. Maybe <laughs> uh, they wouldn't. Absolutely yeah. not. No, they wouldn't. And, you know, it's it's really just to kind of, you know, it begins with them talking about, um, you know, the 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 Penny Arcade and the, the Nickelodeon and, all, you know, all the very beginnings of it, which is still great. I mean, you still people should still know about how that stuff started. But, um, yeah, when I when I actually became kind of fascinated with it and not just going like, oh, every time you see people running around on the movie set, you know, what's going on backstage or what went on in the casting couch, oh, curl your toes back. I don't know if it's still there, but ha- had you been to the uh, Stone Mountain, you know, at Stone Mountain, Georgia, they had the uh, the museum where you could run all those Nickelodeons? Yeah, um, I have not. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> back yeah, no, we have- don't tend to go to Stone Mountain. I went to a gay wedding in Stone Mountain. That was like amazing. But no, I haven't been back. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been to this place probably for 20 years, so I couldn't tell you if it's there. But it's uh, yeah, just it's a little museum. It's not in one of the central parts of the park, but uh, they have the, it's just a big room. You can it was like everything was like a nickel and you could get the uh, automated pump organs playing, you know, you do the things where you actually do the crank and stuff. So it was kind of fun. And very interactive. <laughs> yeah, imagine if you're there overnight and they all just started up. Oh, I've told you one of my nightmares is uh, being inside. It's a small world with uh, no one in there, all the lights on and everything moving. Oh, not that, in the boat, uh, off to the side. Like you're like sitting on one of the platforms and everything's turned on and the music's at full blast. Oh, God. But yeah, nobody's that there. Would, that would be creepy. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I, I wonder if that's not a, a kind of a way that you can take a tour. Like, I, I always wondered if there was like the dark Disney tour you could have, you know what I mean? Where it is, you have, you, you're free to get in, but you have to pay to get out. Well, they did, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in Tokyo, the, the castle used to actually have an attraction, a walkthrough attraction. And uh, it was, I think they built it uh, when Black Cauldron was somewhat new. So it had oh, black collar stuff, and it was absolutely terrifying. Like kids were like screaming by the end of this thing. <laughs> uh, is that some kind of warfare? Like why would why did why did Disney do that? Did he really hate Japan? Well, Japan did it to themselves in the eighties. Again, it's black collar based, right? Um, 
and I think it's the Oriental Land Holdings Company is what actually runs Tokyo Disney. It's not the Disney okay. company. They just license everything. So Yeah, no, that's terrifying. Like that's that is that to me. I could do it's a small world, nobody in it, but uh definitely wouldn't want to be even with people. <laughs> in this, one, this one is a walkthrough. I'll I'll see if I can find maybe I'll find a video of it for this sometime. But uh, yeah, it was a totally bizarre attraction, which and they shut it down because it was making kids like shit themselves. But I did you have know, the opportunity to do it before they took it down. You didn't take Kana in there, did you? No, nah, this was like 2004. I think they like took it apart like shortly after that. She, okay, she wants good, to watch because, The Shining okay. though. That's playing the drive-in tomorrow if it doesn't rain. Oh, okay, we'll fly in. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, we were watching Interstellar, and and my wife's like, like you can't watch your Shining till you finish Interstellar. <laughs> oh, well, uh, you know, fair. Yeah, because I mean that's fair. Because Interstellar does start a little slow, right? I mean, great movie, but it you know it takes an hour for it to really start firing on all yeah, the, it- on the editing cylinders. Yeah, if you if you're if you're going to see it because you want like space stuff, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, for an 11 year old watching it, it might take an hour before they really get keyed in. No, yeah, no, I wouldn't be the first one I pick for someone who is 11 to watch, but it would depend on the person who's 11, I guess. Right, right. Uh, let's see what else. Do yeah, yeah. Al Jolson screaming, "Mammy!" That that certainly doesn't seem. And and with all the, the and all the old white women just love him. For an extended period of time, we get Jolson singing from the, the the jazz singer. It's it doesn't play well now. I mean, not just that, but this this documentary. I mean, I, and I guess that's the point of revisiting stuff like this is because you're like, this was just okay. I mean, we think about all the the ways that Hollywood is, at least you know, for optics, improved over just the last you know seven or eight years. I guess. Um, but look at this and you're like, wow. But this and they is like, stayed that way. <laughs> yeah, 1949, it's like, uh, when did Song of the South come out? That was about 49, I think. Oh, it's not okay. a little later. Okay. Anyway, the point is in 1949, you know, like Al Jolson is like sweet nostalgia for the crowds watching this, you know? Like now it'd be yeah. like, oh, King of the Hill. Actually, I never watched King of the Hill, but um, I don't know why that was the first thing that came to mind, but people, you know. <laughs> I guess because it's a little redneck. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you, man. No, it. Um, I mean, it's a time capsule. I mean, that's that's why this has value, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's, I mean, it would be one thing if going like, oh, there was some Hollywood that they didn't show you. No, I mean, this is what it was. This is, you know, that's it. There wasn't like tons of other studios and stuff. Right. And then I, I did think it was funny of them talking about their sound advances and here's a whole orchestra. I'm like, yeah, sounds canned. <laughs> it was, it probably... was cool. No, it, it was, was cool. cool. It's just you couldn't really record an orchestra properly till about probably 53, 54. Then you had like a few more years to get it right. <laughs> yeah. Well, sound recording still, I don't imagine was like hugely different from when it first began. Um, after the silent era, um, you could kind of always tell where um, people entering a room were going to talk because there'd be a flower pot or something there because that's where the mic was hidden. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, something that's fun, just I, I mean, I guess this is even more modern, but watching TV until probably the past 15 years, you would almost never get overlapping dialogue. 
Yeah, true. So that's kind of because of sound tech problems. You know, if they're talking over each other, you're kind of screwed for the edit later. Unless you're Robert Altman. Right, right. Well, yeah, well, that's why you need Robert Altman's crew. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and also, that's a feature film where you can get around that stuff, you know. But when you're yeah, on a, you know, because television was it the the table reads Monday, rehearsing Tuesday or Thursday, and film it on Friday for a sitcom, right? Yeah, pretty much. And you know, also that the um, you know, people are it's kind of doubling back now, where film is kind of or film popular film is kind of in a big way television on screen especially with all the superhero stuff like Marvel is really episodic to, to the point of being kind of like watching a TV series, kind of like no matter what director it is, it's all going to look the same and kind of be tonally the same. I, I, I did officially hit my wall, by the way, I watched the first 13 minutes of the Falcon and, um, and the winter soldier was like of the first episode. I was like, yeah, this is just, this is just Marvel stuff. I stopped watching. I didn't get back to it. Didn't watch that new star Wars show. Didn't start watching Loki. I just, I guess I quit caring. Now I watch Let's Go to the Movies from 1949 was my time. Yeah, no, you got to really kind of be in the mood for it. I always give a TV series at least one episode. And if I don't want to see another, then I'm out. But well, um, as I said before, I was totally into WandaVision. But again, that vibes with something like this film, right? Because they were yeah. going for each the decade of sitcom recreation there so yeah oh god i love it and you, you know seeing let's go to the movies i also like i grew up reading this book called life goes to the movies and it was also about like hollywood up until that point which i believe the book was made in like the late 60s it was like right on the edge of stuff like easy rider happening and so um i i like the kind of like uh, walking, talking look at this because it uh, didn't wasn't didn't Mary Pickford show up at one point, and it, everyone there was no, up. yeah, there were no like talking head interviews with people. It was all just like you know very observational. No, because they yeah. were saying was it who 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 actually was playing Richard III? That that was a, like a Barrymore John Barrymore. Or something? Yeah, okay, yeah, John Barrymore. Okay. Oh, he was I, great. Oh man, that's one of my favorite parts. He was. Yeah, I know. He was nuts. I, exactly <laughs> but uh yeah I'm, okay i'm glad i sped up the name quite just before you did but yeah i was thinking they're just imagining eric idol so <laughs> <laughs> no he would and you know that's a good thing to bring up too because the acting back then as well they were playing for the back row even though they were <laughs> the camera is right in front of them they're still doing for the cheap seats well, that was the whole thing with vaudeville, right? You get on stage, you make every mistake possible, you be as dumb as possible, and once you've gone through the ringer, now you're ready to do some real work. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I would imagine everybody kind of came from the stage um, at, at that point for a very long time. And so it was just more, I don't know, you get some an energy that you don't see a lot anymore. Um, and <clears throat> after that, they get to a, a couple more, like, not uh, well okay we'll say inappropriate things it's like they go to a documentary it's like hey look at all this cotton farming i guess that's when they're talking about how the film's made so exactly it comes unfortunately yeah that's just an unfortunate coincidence i guess <laughs> it is that's true i shouldn't be laughing but oh god like i said there's parts of this that'll just make you go wow right but sorry, i can't yeah i can't slam for that because that actually is how you make film but yeah you wouldn't until you saw this you'd be like, what you use cotton to make film that's crazy it's crazy talk yeah that's no, just it's it's wild to imagine how much they went through too because you see you hear about movies that shot 
you know, for thousands and thousands of feet and you're going like, Oh man, really? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody had to make all that. Yeah. I mean, for even for normal people, photography is so different now because we're old enough that we had to like set up the shot and, you know, hope it worked because we're not going to see it for a week mm -hmm. or more. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, every, the whole thing has changed, like the whole technological aspect. So in, in that regard, though, it is really awesome to uh, to see how it was done because it's some things have, I don't know, some things haven't changed. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, there, there is debate, you know, basically, I mean, you know, the flow of editing and stuff hasn't changed too much since the, uh, you got MTV jump cut editing, but, you know, as far as standard editing, it's a yeah, three-act structure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as I say, you can't make a movie without Americans, right? Bollywood, <laughs> right? Iran. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the French new waivers that. <laughs> no, oh gosh. No. And, uh, you know, they did say that there was no patent, right? They did mention that, but they didn't go on to say like what, who else was doing film at the same time as this, you know, right. that wasn't really scope. their scope was. 10 minutes let's get out get in get done and don't mention the fact that we didn't like invent you know the movie industry no i haven't said it because i assumed it was obvious but it is i mean this is what plays before the feature right it's this a newsreel and then right into the i mean i, I like to maybe 20 years ago when warner brothers was putting out some classic movies that way where you could watch them <laughs> at home with that whole run of things it's probably where this came from <laughs> one of those dvds oh, but, it uh, had to have it had to have, and you know, thinking about like now, like the amount of trailers you will sit through, any other what they call pre-feature content at that point is just a slog. You know, yeah. I remember um, Pixar or Disney, I can't remember which one was, did this film called Coco that was kind of like their version of the Book of Life. Um, and so you had uh, all your trailers. This is a kid's movie. It's supposed to be for kids, little kids. You had all your trailers. Then you had a 20-minute Frozen uh, short if you could call it that at 20 minutes then the like two hour kids movie begins i mean by the end little kids were just like walking around like shuffling like a bunch of little zombies in the theater they were so not they did not care about the ending of coco they just like too much theater you know <laughs> that was a big ass i think they eventually quit they they pulled that uh frozen uh short film off of there because they realized it was just it was kind of utter hell for parents and children yeah, Japan's not quite as bad about that many trailers, but I definitely remember um, when we saw Endgame, it was like like some insane amount of trailers, like a full-on 30 minutes of trailers or something for, a, what, three-and-a-half-hour movie. That's like... <laughs> It's way too, I mean, it's too much of an ask with no intermission, you know? Well, intermission right. just going to make stay there even longer, though. H have you ever had an intermission um, for, for a film? After, oh, I was going to say after eating the bowl of chili sometimes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, were you with me? There was the intermission uh, in Pink Flamingos. At the oh, Tate right. Right. Yes. And half of the people left. Right after the singing asshole, there's this yeah, collective yeah. gas. Like they cut the air, the, the oxygen off in the room. Everybody. <gasps> yeah. And when, <laughs> and when it, <laughs> when it started the again, there was uh, not as many people in the theater. <laughs> Nope, they were there to say, "Okay, I went." Yeah, <laughs> that's quite enough of it. <laughs> yes, I stayed. No, I, I do remember. Um, this would have been Atlanta, the the Terra Theater, um, because we went to see the Kenneth Branagh Hamlet, which that has to have a um intermission. 
that's yeah, four that's plus a, hours it is but um we I, it was yeah. for extra credit by the way so <laughs> did they show that in 70 millimeter at the terra yeah cool so it was just really every, long yeah not every um theater is equipped with that i think the mall of georgia is the last functioning 70 millimeter projector speaking of interstellar um that would i saw that there in 70 no one of the coolest films or experiences was actually seeing 2001 in new york city um in 70 millimeter so that was pretty cool like you just see details in that film that you never notice otherwise so yeah and you're close enough up to it to see every nose hair probably yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, the, the March of Progress, they, they ended with that March of Progress music, of course. Gotta love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they were right, and they knew movies were going to be around no matter what. I just had a conversation today with a, um, a guy from a co- company. They own the national chain. They're like the sixth largest chain. They about, own about 50-something theaters in the, in the United States, or in North America. And we were just talking about how, you know, everybody's been at home the last however many months watching movies kind of in their own individual way, be it tablet phone, uh, you know, um, you know, on a TV set or whatever. And, you know, talking about like how people, why would people want to go back to the movies? And, uh, you know, obviously my answer is that it is always been about the, the communal experience and this, the kind of spectacle of it, you know, temple of movies. Yeah. I mean, that's golden idol. Yeah, that's why I like it. I mean, it's um, it's one thing to see it by yourself and to laugh to yourself, but I, I especially think, well, I, you know, I went to see The Hunt on Friday night with the director there, and uh, he'd never seen it with an audience before, because it was like the last movie released in America before COVID, you know, so uh, his movie really only played like a half of a weekend, <laughs> so, um, but uh, he was finally seeing if jokes worked. He was finally seeing if you know people understood it was satire. And, um, you know, that's kind of the only the only thing you could get if you're seeing it with like mixed crowd, you know. Yeah, yeah. You create your own bubble and you don't know what's good and what's not, huh? <laughs> nope. So and yeah, people were clapping, laughing, you know, it was it was good for him. It was kind of like a after however long I think he shot it in 2018. Um, so it was a yeah, it was a neat part of that experience. But it did go to show you how important the public screening still is. Anyway, I don't want to. If, if, do you have anything else for this particular uh, reel? Um, I just like to note why um, fart and waste it when you can burp and taste it. All right. Because you share with everyone when it's a fart. That's true. It's a communal experience, not unlike yeah. the art of stuffing itself. Uh, how, about, <laughs> how about your communal experiences then? Okay. Um, uh, my friends and I here in uh, Athens, Georgia, the United States, we make our movies under the banner of Gonzorific, G-O-N-Z-O-R-I-F-F-I-C. Um, we are next to public appearance. We'll finally be getting out to, to see people again um, on uh, July 31st and August 1st. We will be at the East, uh, at the something, the East something uh, punk rock flea market at the classic center. So we'll be there with a bunch of other DIY artists and having our booth and come up and get an autograph or tell us that you can't stand us or whatever you want to do. Um, but uh, you can keep up with that and all of other things. Come on over and fart. Yeah, please do. I mean, we can't leave the table. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've had someone do that to me before. It was a, a cast member of the original Dawn of the Dead. Um, he he had the table across from ours. And uh, yeah, we absolutely couldn't leave because we had, you know, merchandise on the table. And he just, he he was farting constantly the whole weekend. It is a, I almost had something there. I almost had a fart. No, it wasn't that. One. Oh well. Oh well. I lost. I, I lost the thought. The fart thought. So um, <laughs> I I felt like you were about to say something else when I interrupted. That's fine. No. Uh, okay. Was, this is come see it. <laughs> this is the oral hygiene pod. We're at Facebook or Twitter. I was just listening. To people, uh, do people say we're on Skype anymore? We're not on Skype. No, I don't okay. think so. I, I think I was listening to an older podcast where you would announce you're on Skype. I was like, I've never said that before. And I'm not on there anyway. No, Do, do people use Skype anymore? No. And it's strange because Skype was kind of the go-to for video conferencing prior to, to COVID. And I don't know how they Skype dropped that ball, but Zoom really, I mean, you know, which we're on now, Zoom really like they're the hero of it, basically. Skype, I don't know why they weren't. Hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, editing so much nicer with Zoom. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I agree. Uh, I like it as well. Okay, well, let's all go to the movies. Yeah, go fart at the movies. There's a captive audience. <laughs> the smaller the theater, the better. I like the shoebox theaters where I could really make a freak. Oh, here we go. The story that I forgot. I went, This was 15 years ago, and I, shortly after I started teaching in Japan, and this guy came, I guess he'd been biking and jogging and he was wearing flip flops and his feet were just like the worst smelling thing in the universe. And we're in like a, you know, like seven foot by seven foot classroom. And oh, my God, it was horrible. So, yeah, the they don't need to repaint because it peels off by itself. I would have preferred a fartist in that in that case. <laughs> Did you advance the film strip? Are you on the final page? Well done. 